You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Alex Cartes shares some useful insight into postmodernism and what we can do to overcome the challenges that come as a result of it. I just want to honor the parents, the, the fathers today. It's very hard to be a father, especially in these times. But one thing, and my daughter is here, I cannot lie, I learned very early on is to say every day to my kids, I love you. It's very important that they know that you are there for them. And I know there are uh, some parents here that are really, really good parents. I've got a friend who's here for the first time, Pablo. And I have to say that he's an awesome dad. Uh, well, happy Father's Day for all the fathers. Um, yep. Okay. You look at this title, and this is something that happened to me when I look around. I see this world and I wonder what on earth is happening in this world, and I look like that. Because in my lifetime, I have witnessed so many changes in society and in the broader culture, and some of you too. Some of them are being good, but a lot of them not really good. There is no question that we've made positive strides in what is related to slavery. We don't like slavery. Everybody hates slavery. Apartheid is a thing of the past. We hate human beings, um, racial segregation. We don't like that. And it's the same, I would say, with um, war. You know, in the past, a conflict between two countries and they would go to war straight away. Now we think we are taking it easier. Well, not all over the world, but in most places in the world. Okay? And I've seen something good too, a change in the treatment of women. You know, in the past it was really, really, really bad. But in many parts of the world this is changing. But on the other hand, there have been some changes that I very much dislike, and they are worrisome in our culture, okay? And this church is called Every Nation. And the culture of the church is to go and preach the gospel to the people around, especially, ideally, for the young ones to do in campuses, you know, university campus. But the problem is, and I feel for this generation, because back in the day, and I was in Chile back then, it was easy to talk to people. People who probably you are were in the Philippines before. You know, people with a, a Catholic background, people who already had God in the picture, it wasn't difficult to talk to them about God. But here in Australia, it's very tough. Because it's not that people don't believe in God, it's that they don't want to think about it. They don't even think about God in this society. So it's really, really hard to go and talk to them. And if we want to make an impact in this world, we have to understand you know, the times, the culture we live in. So I want you to, with me to have a look at three special troubling changes. There are many, but I'm just going to mention three that are happening in our world. Number one, there is a blurring of the line between right 
and wrong. There is a blurring of the line between right and wrong. You see, morality in the past was something very virtuous, but now we are moving the other ways. It's a matter of watching on television what's going on. You know, in the 50s, there were happy people, you know, a girl singing about, I don't know, pineapple heart or whatever. And now, these days, what do we see? We see Miley Cyrus on wrecking ball. It's terrible. You know, the change is massive. And you watch again, and there are all these... I don't know. Women want to be treated properly, but you watch on television what is happening. I, I don't know what they are doing. The guys are singing and they are moving the body and getting very close to the guys. It's, I, I don't know. It messes up with my brain. But this is what is happening. You know, in this society, we try to be politically correct. We are supposed not to say that. No, don't, don't say it. And this is very difficult for Christians. Because if we want to make a stand, what do we do? Do we follow the rules of the world or do we follow God? The important thing is every time you say something, you have to say it in love. That's the important thing, okay? But in this world, it's so hard to disagree. Very hard to disagree. People are replacing this common sense, as I said, with political correctness. And not long ago, we had this issue of same-sex marriage, you know, when we had to kind of vote for it. You know, and it, it was hard. Standing against something like that, same-sex marriage, labels a person, person are going to label you an intolerant homophobe. But I want to tell you something. God, in the Bible, and I'm going to say it from here, because people sometimes are scared of saying it. In the Bible, God, God says that he is against homosexuality. Quiet. He is against homosexuality, but he is not against the homosexual. God is against, the, we always put that like the, the major sin, but there are many at the same levels. God is against adultery, but he loves the adulterers. He wants people to change. He is willing to transform us. But in this society we live in, it's very hard to say what I'm saying because if people hear me that are not here, and we've seen this on television, which happened with Fallout, you know, what happened? They are out, you know, of touch with reality. And people say, oh, you are not, you know, going with the times. Really? What happened in Roman times? In Roman times, Christians had to be bold. Why? Because back in the day, morality was really bad, like today. Christians made a stand. Christians changed the world. Christianity changed the world around. Because homosexuality, pederastry, was rampant back in the day, and it was applauded, like today. But everything changed because of Christianity. So these are the times we're living in these days. But there is a warning from God, a warning for this generation. 
as it was for Isaiah's generation. In Isaiah 5, 20, 21, it says this, Woe to those who call evil good, and good evil, who put darkness for light, and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes, and clever in their own sight. People don't want to hear about a God who is a judge because our society is the judge now. That's the way. You know, in the eyes of God, we have to be understand and he is the judge. We've swapped things around and we blame God. Ah, why is God allowing this? If God exists, why this other thing and this other thing? And it's even more than that. We are removing God from the picture. We don't want God. We take God from the center and just send him packing. That's what we've done in society. Number two, there is a growing ignorance of biblical knowledge. And this is for us, people in the church. You see, the sad thing is that many pastors and teachers are accommodating the unchanging world, word of God to our changing world, the culture around us. Preachers are worried about talking about difficult topics. They avoid those topics. Why is that? Because they are trying to please men. But the Bible says that we have to please God. So what are the consequences? We see Christians that, that cannot stand strong in their convictions. They waver. They don't know what to do. But this is not really too bad. Shouldn't we just allow this? And I always say, what does the Bible say? I mean, you know, sometimes, even in my mind, we are all modern people. We want to, to be nicer than God is. But God knows better. If he says something, it's because he made us. You know, when you buy a television set for the first time, let's say you are not exposed to television, you get a manual to know how to use it properly, to turn it on, what to do even with your computer, or something as simple as some um, of those watches that are down, digital ones. Okay, they come even with instructions. Well, we have instructions. We have the word of God. That's the manual. That's the way we have to live according to that book because it's the word of God. So, and because we don't have the knowledge, because we don't read our Bibles, how many of us, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. This is great, even though it might, for me, this is to make phone calls and just send some messages. I don't use it as a computer, maybe because it's too small for me to read, I don't know. But how many of you are hooked on this 24-7? And it's really good that we have the Bible here, okay? But there are other things in the middle that distract us. It's not like, you know, 
putting this to the side and getting your Bible and reading it and having a quiet time with God and talking to him and listening to what he's saying to you. Christians today, they don't know their Bible. So, and because of that, it's hard to influence the people around us because what are we going to give them? Human wisdom or divine wisdom? Another point, there is an intensifying embrace of postmodernism. So what is postmodernism? Okay, a short history lesson. In the past, people used to believe in God, no problems. It wasn't questioned. But then, in the late 1700s, beginning of the 1800s, people started getting together, thinking, no, 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 we don't need that because that's faith and something that even some of them, they thought God existed. They said, no, 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 we have to use our reason. It's like we don't use the reason. It's like Christians don't use the reason, but we do. Anyway, so they decided to leave the Bible and all of that to the side, and they started getting together the age of enlightenment. And modernism started there. And people decided to leave God on the side, as I said, and even they killed God to say it. Friedrich Nietzsche, a German philosopher, he talks about the death of God. Is that we've killed God, you know, we don't need him. And what have we seen from then on? Decline, decline and decline. But they were using reason. But it came to a point, people don't know, maybe it's late 70s or, or with the fall of the Berlin Wall, that another movement started that was already working in the underground before. And it's called postmodernism. Okay, so here, everything is upside down. Everything is twisted. And I'm going to give you a few signs for you to understand what postmodernism is. One of them is that no authority is valid. It's quite common if someone says something to another person, the other person might say, who are you to tell me what to believe or what to do? Respect for authority is virtually non-existent in many places. Homes. I don't understand how come these days some um, children are divorcing their parents. Ah, I don't want you as my father or my mother, so I have to divorce you. And they get the approval of the law. I don't understand that. But what about schools? In my day, I had to be careful. If I, if I said something to the teacher, I would get in big, big trouble. But these days, teachers can be talking in a class and the students, they don't care. And they can swear back to them. And so what? And if someone decides, okay, maybe we need to do something about it, the parents get angry. It's a crazy world we live in. What about nations? There is no respect for authority. Well, some authorities, they don't deserve respect anyway. I'm sorry to say that. But even so, the Bible says that we have to pray for our leaders. 
even if they are doing wrong, for God to bring some common sense into their minds. Another thing, another sign, no rules are valid. What does it mean? That we can make our own minds about right and wrong. What is right for me, and if it is wrong for you, it doesn't matter. I don't care about that. That's the way people live this day. Okay? They follow their own rules. So, where is this world heading to? What's going to happen? Everybody thinks that this is my space. Don't invade my freedom. But we don't understand this. We live in society. So, if I say, oh, this is my space, really, but you are very close to another one. So where does your space end, and where does the other one start, or something like that? We live with people. We have to be careful. But this is an individualistic society. We talk about the world and whatever. It's rhetoric. We just talk. But we are individuals that we love ourselves so much. So no rules apply to us. Preference has become more important than truth. Even if you point out to people about this is, this is, this is truth, you know what I'm telling you. You know what they say? Well, I don't care. I don't care. This is what I prefer to do. And that's it. So people talk about freedom, freedom, and freedom. But you know, to do whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, and wherever we want, is not freedom. In order for freedom to work, we need boundaries. And this is what the world doesn't have. And you know, I'm a Christian, and I love life on earth, and I enjoy life here, and I have boundaries, but I am free. People think that Christians are people that are very restricted, restrictive about this and that and that. And don't get me wrong, in some churches it's terrible, because that is legalism, where people live under all these rules. We don't live under those rules, we are free because we are in Christ, you know? But still, there are some boundaries. Is that the problem is, like in, in Jesus' time, you know, the Pharisees were the ones talking about trying to make people keep the law. Let's say to say something, if the law said, you are not supposed to touch, you know, the, the computer here, the laptop, they would come up with another law. Okay, so, but it's dangerous to be this close. So let's say that, let's make it a meter. You're not supposed to be closer than a meter to that because you can trip and touch it. And someone, no, no, I think it's still too close. Let's make it two meters. And they were making laws and laws over the law. That's why Jesus wasn't happy about that. And in many churches, people do the same. Oh, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that, don't do this, don't. And it's terrible because you cannot live in freedom. But true freedom, as I said, is found in Jesus. Not in what men try to say. But how do you know? You have to read your Bible. You have to learn from there. But you see, we don't have freedom. We have anarchy. And we are heading there, actually. And this is a problem when we remove God from the picture. Why? 
because we lost our point of reference. There is no point of reference. This world today lives like in the middle of the sea. You see waters everywhere, but you don't have a point of reference. That's why it's important to have God in your life, because you have a point of reference. And even if this, we live in troubled waters, we know. We know where to head, because Jesus is there. Style and looks are more important than substance these days. So reality today consists only on image. Style and looks are more important than substance. Okay. So reality consists only of, on image, about image and appearance, you know. Substance is unimportant. What is big today? The cult of the body. But the problem I see is that we work hard on the body, but not on the mind. Because we live in a shallow society, and it's so sad. You know, it's a matter of checking on Facebook. Look, this is my opinion. My opinion, okay? This is not God saying something to you. It's my opinion. Don't waste your life on Facebook. Use it. Use it to send some messages to your family. But, you know, you can get hooked for hours on Facebook. These days, people just send videos. You know, and I see that people send videos, and other, oh, really? And this is happening in the world. And that's the way we learn about what is happening in the world, unfiltered. And we believe whatever they say. <clears throat> and people discussing their life. Oh, you know, Kanye West and the ah, yeah, and people commenting. So what? So what? It's unimportant. You see, <clears throat> we are very, very spread out because of internet. But we are like pancakes in this society. We are shallow. We don't have depth. And you're probably thinking, <clears throat> you're going to think now when I say, oh, he's saying this about me. Maybe. People don't read these days. Start reading, please. It's never too late. It's never too late. People in the past were very smart. They didn't have any distractions. They used to read, and that's the way they learn. Now, everything is there. We have more information than ever before. But we are more ignorant than ever in the past. You know, because we read whatever is there. Whatever the magazines are telling us. So we are become shallow people without substance. That's our world. And one more sign, morality, is a matter of choice. Okay, morality is a matter of choice. It is all right to live however we want. And that's what I said people believe in Roman times. And Paul saw that. And after giving a list of all the sins available, he says, although, talking about this man, they know God, although, they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. 
And this is exactly the world we live in. We applaud in this world what we shouldn't. We celebrate what we shouldn't. You see? I'm going to be bold. I'm a man. I'm a heterosexual. When are people going to celebrate that I am heterosexual? Do they need to celebrate that I am? I don't think so. But today we celebrate things that we shouldn't celebrate. Why? There is no point. And we approve everything in this world. Well, as long as this person is not doing anything to other, it doesn't matter. Okay, Christians, everything we do, we are doing someone. Society, but mainly God. God. Some people say, ah, some people are doing nothing wrong. Not against the other one probably, but against God. Yes, we are. And we have to repent. And there is grace and love in God. There is so much to talk about, but I'm just going to say two things quickly. Tolerance is the cardinal virtue, you know? So, and in this kind of tolerance, people say, oh, you have to accept everybody's belief. So if I'm a Christian, and you are not a Christian, I am supposed to keep my mouth shut. Doesn't matter. But true tolerance is when we can have a conversation, even if you believe something different to me, and we can have these conversations. Today, conversations are not allowed. Because all the religions, all the beliefs are the same. And I preached about this before, and they are not the same. That's a mistake. The line between truth and entertainment is removed. We see violence on television, and it's normal. And tell me, you watch a movie from the 70s or the 80s, and it's lame. Oh. Not enough blood. You know, that punch wasn't a true punch. This day is like the head explodes and everything. Hollywood has become the source of truth rather than the Bible. And they are shaping our morality. And when these people celebrate the Oscars, have you heard what they say? I mean, they go there and they preach to the world. In order to say something, you have to have authority in your life. That's why, as Christians, we also need to live as Christians. Otherwise, we have nothing to offer to this world. Okay, so, concluding. There are numerous challenges. These are just few for the believer in Christ that we face in this world. So it's important that we live well in spite of these challenges. And for that, you need two things. One, you need discernment. Discernment keeps you from being deceived. So remember, St. Augustine said this, right is right, even if no one is doing it. Wrong is wrong, even if everyone is doing it. Brooker Washington, an American educator, said this, a lie doesn't become truth, wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good 
just because it's accepted by a majority. Another thing you need, so I said before, you need discernment, you need direction. A direction is important because it provides you with a goal, a goal to pursue, showing you what you ought to do. And direction also makes you make hard decisions in your life. So where can we find this direction and discernment to survive in this chaotic culture we are part of? In the eternal and unchanging world of God. So I encourage you to become a serious student of the scriptures. Allow, please allow God's word to be your guide. In Psalm 119, we see this. The psalm is saying, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Adopting the daily habit of relying in the Bible's timeless wisdom will help you sharpen your discernment and is going to develop the direction in a world that has lost its way. Heavenly Father, you are the light and we live in a world of shadows. But you also live in our hearts. That's the promise of your word. And you even, Jesus said, that we are the light of the world because we have you inside. A city on a hill cannot hide. We have to display your love, your grace. Give us wisdom to understand the times. Give us the hunger for your word to know, to learn from it. Because it's there where we know how to live a prosperous life on earth. The world doesn't know where it's heading because they removed you a long time ago from the picture. But we want to have you in the picture. We want to follow you. But we don't want to be just us, a group of Christians that are happy, you know, serving you. We want to go to the world and spread the good news to others. Just give us the ability the wisdom, the understanding, to go, to talk to them, to be a good friend, to be a good neighbor, to tell them with our lives that you love them and you can change their lives. That's your, your desire, that you are willing to change them and to let them see the light. We honor you, we praise you, and to you be the glory, now and forever. Okay, a big, big blessing for the fathers. Enjoy Father's Day with your families. Keep loving your kids, that your wives too. Not only the kids, that's important. Okay, so enjoy the weekend and uh, God bless you. I'll see you when I come back. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. 
For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at iancanbra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanbra.